Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, November 19th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Hope everyone's doing well on this Thursday morning. Got a lot to talk about today. As always, there's never a break in this crazy sport we call MMA, so uh, I'll be doing Bellator 253. That does take place tonight, in case you guys uh, don't know. That is tonight, so I'll be breaking down that card. We have odds for like pretty much the whole card, I think over best fight odds, which is good. Um, recapping Dana White's Contender Series, which took place this past Tuesday. And then uh, there's some other stuff, some news, fight announcements, some uh, drug suspensions, unfortunately. But there's a lot to get to. So riding solo this morning, of course, Thursday morning. And I will be starting with uh, Bellator 253. We'll do the whole preview. So I'm going to pull out uh, Tapology here and get to work on this should work yep let me see if this is a little better no that's better okay like this all right cool all right let's get to this card guys so again we have odds for i think most of the fights if not all of them at this point so let's start with this one opening up the card according to topology it's a 205 pound fight between sullivan collie and jason markland and right now the odds have Sullivan Cauley, minus 380, Markland plus 290. And it feels like this is every week now with Bellator. They have this amateur fight opening up the card. I guess in this case, one guy has one pro fight, but it's essentially two guys with minimal experience in the sport. And again, Cauley uh, is a big favorite here, so we'll check him out first. Uh, Sullivan Cauley. Take a look at this guy. And you look at his record. 4-2 is an amateur. Uh, he's got a picture of Ryan Bader, so I'm assuming he trains there in Arizona. Look through his uh, amateur record, four and two. Like I said, two two decision losses, four win, four wins, including three by knockout. Uh, again, you know, it's just not something I'm interested in doing long term. Betting on guys that have no fights, it's just something you don't really want to do. You almost want to bet against guys without fights, like especially guys that go to the UFC without fights, like CM Punk. But in this case, this guy Marklin, his opponent, zero and one as a pro. Um, his one fight, he was knocked out last year in Bellator. That was last February. He has not fought in over a year and a half since then. You look through his amateur record, it's not that great. Three or uh, four and three and two fights with results unknown. He's been finished a couple times by submission as well, which is definitely concerning. I mean, this guy overall, you look through his record, it's just not that good. I know that's not the greatest way to break down fights, but in this case, like we don't have much information on these guys. Again, guys, I don't recommend betting on these kind of like random fights that have really minimal we have like minimal tape study to do with these guys and we don't still have we don't know much about them in this case i'm going to go with collie he's the favorite here for a reason he should win this fight the other guy just doesn't seem like a good fighter so that's my pick but again i would not ever lay minus 380 on a guy that i've never seen fight before and that uh, is making his pro debut it's just long term it's a bad strategy again he probably does win here but i don't like it next up this is an interesting fight 145 pounds J.J. Wilson against Sergio Dabari. J.J. Wilson, this guy's interesting. Uh, the Athletic did a story on him. Really interesting. I think uh, Sean Shadi did the story. And before he made his pro debut, his, his sister uh, committed suicide. So it was a really interesting story. But, you know, this guy has really just been motivated by that, obviously. You look through his resume. It's impressive. 6-0 now as a pro. And he's, he's a young guy, 23 years old from New Zealand. I, I've been impressed by this kid. You look at his uh, last fight in Bellator against Taiwan Claxton. That's a nice win over a guy that was in the tournament so that's a nice win it was a close fight but this guy again super young and you look through his resume it's pretty impressive man especially as a pro with uh five wins by a stoppage and then the one split decision over claxton his opponent here is sergio debari five and one record 
33 years old, a little bit older of a prospect, obviously. He's a New Jersey guy. You look through his record, he's been fighting in CFFC. He's kind of a late bloomer. I mean, he has been fighting as an amateur for a while, but as a pro, he turned pro in 2014. He only has six fights since then. So I'm assuming this is a guy with a full-time job that trains on and then fights on the side for a passion. Now, good for him to make it to Bellator off a four-fight win streak, but against a guy like J.J. Wilson, who's a really top prospect, you've got to go with J.J. Wilson, obviously. And again, the, the odds are, are lopsided for a reason here. J.J. Wilson, minus 500. Sergio Dabari, plus 400. You've got to go with J.J. Wilson. I don't like the line. Minus 500 seems steep. I mean, this guy in his last fight was a huge underdog. His last fight, he closed... Let me see where I can find this. They have a different name at... Uh, okay, J.J. Wilson. J.J. His last fight he closed at plus 180 according to best fight odds. Again, you have to you'll have to type it up in the top part to find his other uh, profile because they changed the way they spell his name on here. But plus 180 in his last fight, now he's minus 500. That always concerns you. It's always a red flag when a guy's a massive underdog, picks up a win, and then everyone bites on him, and then he's a huge favorite. So I am going to pick J.J. Wilson. He should win this fight against a guy who's 10 years older than him. But minus 500 seems steep to me. I got to be honest. So most likely going to pass, although I expect a lot of people to parlay him. Next fight. Jaleel Willis against Mark Leminger. This is a good fight. According to the odds right now, we have Jaleel Willis, minus 210, Mark Leminger, plus 175. And this one opened as a pick of minus 115. So clearly some action coming in on the favorite Jaleel Willis here. And I'm not surprised by that. Jaleel Willis, take a look at him. 13-2, and two, Jaleel the Realist Willis, pretty cool nickname, 20 years old. Uh, he was signed after a couple wins in LFA, or one win, I should say, in his last fight against Vinicius de Jesus, who, if I'm not mistaken, is also in... Uh, He's a Bellator guy as well. So uh, both these guys end up in Bellator eventually. Anyways, you look through Jaleel Wells' resume. He's been fighting as a pro since 2014. He has a lot of experience already. He's fought in WSOF, Bellator, LFA. So this is not his first rodeo in Bellator, but I believe he has signed like a longer-term deal now. Uh, definitely a good prospect. Now, the one thing that bothers me looking at his resume, it's a lot of decisions. So that does bother me because you leave it to the judges. You never know what's going to happen. But Overall, I mean, this is a guy who's been pretty dominant in the sport, except for these two losses here. Um, I'm sure he'd wish he'd have those back, but he ended up in Bellator. It seems like a pretty good home for him. Takes on Leminger here, 11-2 record, 27 years old, so pretty good um, age for this guy. He's in his prime. This gym, though, chosen few, it's just not a good gym, I don't think. This is where uh, that guy, what's his name? Um, he just missed weight a couple times in the UFC. Can't remember his name, but uh, uh, Cole Williams. He missed weight. He's, he's from this camp, too, Cole Williams, so... Just this camp in general, just I don't really like this camp. I don't know. There's something like there's no one really here that stands out to me. This Polizzi guy's pretty good, I guess. He did lose his last fight, but he's a pretty good prospect. Um, Gilpin, I guess, and PFL is okay, but this guy Faircloth, he's been <laughs> that's the most experienced guy, and he's been retired for years. So overall, I mean, this camp, I, I just don't love it. So again, I can't bet on this Lemonger guy, but you know, there's some things you can like about him. He has a lot of experience as well in LFA in Bellator. So you know, very similar guys. Uh, in my opinion here, uh, it's a pretty close fight, but I do lean towards Willis here. He's been a little bit hotter lately with Leminger coming off a loss a couple months ago. Damn, Masov, to be fair, but still, uh, I don't like betting off guys coming off a win streak versus a loss. My pick will be Willis here. Minus 210, it's a little bit higher than what I would have loved. Um, ideally, the pick price would have been really nicer, but I, I think people will probably bet on Willis here. Again, it's Bellator, generally most favorites win, but you got to pick your spots, so be careful. But I do think Willis probably wins this fight. Go to the next fight here. Kevin Ferguson Jr. against uh, Kahim Murray. Kevin Ferguson Jr. right now is a big favorite. Minus 265, Murray plus 225. No surprise there. Uh, Kimo Slice Jr., definitely uh, an interesting fighter. 3-2 and two record, though. So he's been a little bit inconsistent, just like his dad was in MMA. 
Um, he had the three wins here, including two by, by submission, which I don't think his dad's ever did. But uh, he's been finished a couple times, including this fight against Browning, where he was a huge favorite. So this is a guy it's hard to kind of trust him at these, these big prices. He's kind of like Aaron Pico, a good prospect. He's shown great things at times. But, uh, again, he's lost these fights where he should have won. Like this Browning fight, he was a massive favorite. I'm going to check the line out. What was it again? Ferguson Jr. versus Corey Brown. He was a oh my gosh, he was eleven minus eleven thirty seven in that fight and lost to a plus four fifty dog. So, uh, I mean, I like the guy. I definitely like Kimbo Slice Jr. But that worries me. He hasn't fought in over a year as well. Take a look at Kahim Murray's opponent, three and three record. Kahim the Dream, just like uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, former Raptors player, Houston Rockets, uh, thirty one years old. So. A little bit older, and you look through his resume. Coming off a loss, he's been actually he's been finished twice by rear naked choke. Um, he does have a couple knockouts here, and you look through his amateur record: seven and eight as an amateur, and made it to Bellator. That is really surprising to me. Seven and eight as an amateur, and three and three as a pro, and yet he's in Bellator. That really, that's just one of those things where my spidey senses kind of go off, and it's like clearly Bellator wants Kevin Ferguson Jr. get a win here. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust Kevin Ferguson Jr. as a big favorite, but. In this fight, he should win this fight. He should probably finish this guy. I'm, I'm guessing Bellator is setting him up for a big win here against a guy who has his weaknesses are what Kimbo Slice Jr.'s strengths are. So I like Kevin Ferguson Jr. here. I think he wins this fight probably by stoppage. So that, that'll be my pick. I actually feel a little bit more better about Kimbo Slice Jr. here than I do about some of the other favorites like Wilson and Collin just because I've seen these guys fight a little bit more. And I know Ferguson doesn't have a great record by any means. It's hard to trust a guy with that record. Uh, with a minus 265 price tag, but this guy Murray's not that good. So to me, this is a spot that's definitely favorite or pass. Uh, and I would consider betting on the favorite in a, in a parlay possibly. I do think Kevin Ferguson Jr. wins this fight. All right, next up, let's go to this fight. This is a really good fight. At 135 pounds, we have Keith Lee against Raytheon Stotts. Great fight. Love this fight. And right now we have Stotts minus 230, Lee plus 190. So I'll start with Stotts because he is the favorite here. And this guy's a really good prospect. 14-1. and one. It's a guy the UFC should have picked up. They screwed up. He's in Bellator now. I think it was a good signing. It's a Rufus Sport guy, obviously, 31 years old. Trains with great fighters there. Paul Felder, Anthony Pettis, Bilal Muhammad, all those guys. So great camp, obviously. And he's a blue chip prospect. You look through his resume, he's on a uh, six-fight win streak right now. He has one loss in his career to Murad. That's not a bad loss. It was a spinning back fist that came out of nowhere 15 seconds into the fight. Other than that, the guy's good. He looked through his resume. He's got some decent wins uh, throughout his career. Like even Rob Emerson, I know he's he's not great, or Jeff Curran, they're older guys, but still beating those guys like six fight in your career, that's pretty impressive. And in Bellator, so far he's two and zero. Oh, his last fight he got a submission win. He's just been dominant. Now Keith Lee is is a good prospect. Obviously he's Kevin Lee's brother, so he's got that uh, last name going for him here. And Keith Lee seven and three record, twenty four years old. And uh, look through his resume, four and zero oh now. Or excuse me, he's on four fight win streak. In Bellator he's two and zero. Oh. So this is a guy that again has a lot of potential. He's fought in the TKO, and yes, he struggled a little bit early in his career, but it looks like he's really uh, kind of like turned things around now in 4-0 in his last four fights. So I like to see that. I do think this fight is pretty competitive, but I got to go with Stotts here, guys. I, I just think the wrestling and, and just the cardio, the experience, that stuff's all going to come into play here. I think he wins this fight pretty comfortably on the card. So I, I'm, I'm going to take Stotts here. You know, you could possibly even think about a parlay with Stotts and someone. I mean, Stotts and... And Kevin Ferguson Jr., that is even money. I'm looking at right now minus 102. So that's possibly a bet that you can make. Again, you can think about the combinations yourself. I just like to give advice about guys that I think are, are probably going to win their fight and, and hold decent value. In this case, I think both those guys win their fights. At a pick of price, that's not a bad, that's not a bad bet at all, actually. So I don't mind that at all. 
I would definitely consider that. All right, let's go back to Bellator 253 years. So again, yeah, the last fight, my pick, thoughts by decision. Next one. This is an interesting fight too. Jeremy Kennedy against Matt Bissett, two former UFC guys. And right now we have Kennedy minus 450, Bissett plus 360. I do like Kennedy here, obviously. You look through his resume, 15-2 record, Canadian fighter, 28 years old. Um, a guy who was in the UFC for a little bit, and he kind of got a, a raw deal there. You look at his first couple of fights, he beat Alex Ricci, he beat Honey Jason, he beat Kyle Bokniak, and he loses to the champ, Volkanovski gets cut. The reason he got cut is because these fights were boring, and he got finished in the last fight. So they let him go, but I still don't agree with that, because you look what he's did since then. He's 4-1 uh, and won no contest since then. He's been pretty impressive. Three finishes, so he's actually finishing guys now. I like that he learned from that, though. You know, you go to the UFC, you, you want to get your hand raised. You got to do what you got to do to get the win. So I get that he was wrestling guys. That's his best path to victory. But I think he did learn that, hey, you know what? They want exciting fighters. They don't want guys that are going to win decisions every fight. So he goes to the regional team, goes to Brave, gets a couple of knockouts, goes to PFL, gets KO'd in this fight. He was a big favorite there. Beats Steven Siler. He knocks the guy out again, Laurentino. And then he has the fight with Pineda where he gets submitted, but Pineda tested positive for PEDs. So, yeah, I mean, this guy's he's still a good prospect in my opinion. Definitely shown some flaws. The chin concerns me a little bit. He's been knocked out a couple times now. But overall, he's a good prospect. And the wrestling is very dominant. Look at Matt Bissett, his opponent, 24-9. So very experienced guy. Great picture, by the way. But he's an older dude, 35. Don't like that. He's on a two-fight win streak, which is nice to see. But it's a guy that has been in the UFC, struggled a little bit, lost both his fights. He lost this fight, too. It was overturned to, I think, Kalabot tested positive for marijuana, if I was taken. I can't remember what it was, but got overturned or uh, diuretic, I should say. And then you look through his resume, though, and he's got like a decent experience. Like these are some decent names. Kevin Kroon, that's a good win. He's in the UFC now. Um, Kama Worthy knocked him out. That's a good win, too. So, I mean, he's got some nice wins. Diego Nunez and Bellator. He's fought Belter. This guy's been around forever. I remember, yeah, I remember betting on in, in these fights against Nunez and stuff. So, he's been around. Actually, I thought he'd lose that fight. Actually, I did think he was a big underdog in that fight. I'm not mistaken. I got to check that one. Matt Bissett, when he fought... Diego Nunez was plus 295. Yeah, he was a big dog that night. I didn't think he'd win that fight. Anyways, Matt is uh, he's a good fighter. He's got a lot of experience, but I just think the wrestling is going to ultimately win out here for um, for uh, Jerry Kennedy. Like His wrestling is just so, do so dominant, right? So he's kind of like Stotts in the last fight. I think both those guys with the wrestling should win. So again, I, I like Kennedy's fight. The line's a little high, though, got to be honest. Minus 450 is a little bit high, but he should win this fight. Pretty comfortable in scorecards, unless he gets caught and KO'd, which I don't really see happening. All right, let's get to the main card. The main card's pretty good, actually, tonight, guys. Uh, first fight in the card, I like this fight a lot. Joey Davis against Bobby Lee. Check out Joey Davis, Black Ice. And right now, Joey Davis is minus 450, Bobby Lee plus 360. So identical odds to the last fight, and uh, definitely justified here. Another team body shop guy. This, this card's got a bunch of these guys from team body shop. Uh, 26 years old, 7-0. and 0, And you look through his resume, since joining Bellator in 2016, uh, seven wins, five by stoppage, or four by, uh, yeah, five by stoppage, knocking guys out in brutal fashion. And yes, the opposition hasn't been great, but the last two fights, he has fought guys that have like 20 fights almost. So, and this last fight, Chris Cisneros, that's an experienced guy. So again, he's been built up, I think, the right way, and it's time for him to get a step up. I don't know if this is the right step up because I think he wins this fight pretty comfortably too. Uh, Bobby Lee, he's a young guy, 24, so he's got some good stuff going for him, 12 and four record, more experience, obviously, but. Um, you look through his resume, a little bit inconsistent. He's fought in LFA, got finished a few times, including Achilles Moda, who just got finished last week on Bellator uh, or two weeks ago. Demarcus Jackson got finished by him too. Um, he does have a lot of finishes by submission, so his ground game is definitely good and it's improving. 
He's coming off a couple wins. But overall, I can't see how uh, – if, if, if he can't get the takedown, how he wins this fight. Joey Davis probably knocks him out in the first round. That's what I'm thinking here. I think Davis by KO, and, and I know Lee hasn't been knocked out before, but anyone can be knocked out of the sport. Joey Davis has a lot of KO power. So I do think that's what's going to happen here. Um, I, you know, I guess Lee could get a takedown at some point and, and try to get the submission, but overall, I don't think he gets past the first round, guys. So my pick here is going to be Joey Davis, and he's another guy that I think a lot of people are going to parlay. The odds are a little high at minus 450, but in this spot, I really like him here. So I do think he wins this fight. All right, co-main event. This is a good fight too. Jason Jackson against Benson Henderson. Underrated fight that was booked on very short notice. So right now we have Jason Jackson minus 180, Benson Henderson plus 158. And the odds actually flipped from the opener. Somehow, I don't know what book opened, probably bet online, I'm not sure. But they opened Henderson at minus 175 and Jackson at plus 145, which was a, t- a bad line. It was a terrible line because you look now and uh, it's, it's essentially flipped. It's basically a, like it basically did a complete 180. So um, in this case, let's look at this fight here. I do like the matchup though. We'll talk with uh, Jackson because he is favored. I like this guy. First off, I love his nickname too, Axe Kicking Machine, but 12 and 4 record and 30 years old. He's in the prime. This is what I like. Sanford MMA, man. That camp is incredible. I also like this. This last fight, I was all over him on this podcast, guys. You remember, I was all over him against Jordan Mean. He was like plus 100 or something at close. That was an absolute steal against the guy who's on the downside of his career. That was a steal. I was like praying that we get him at a kind of number again, but I, I I don't think so. Not in this fight. It's Henderson, who people are fading. But yeah, Jason Jackson, I mean, listen, he has had some some struggles. Like he was on tough. He didn't do well in the show. He's been finished a few times. He fought Covington way back in the day too. But it's a guy who's been, he's grinding away. He's grinding along. He had the fight in uh, a contender series where he broke his ankle or whatever, and, and he didn't get the fight. Signs with Bellator, and since then, he's been pretty good um, fighting in Bellator and LFA. His last five fights, he's... Uh, Last six fights, he's five and one. Two back-to-back wins were UFC uh, alum and me and Kunamoto. I do like Jason Jackson a lot. You look at Benson Henderson, twenty-eight nine, so experienced guy, smooth. They call him thirty-seven years old now, though. So that's you know he's on his downcline, on a decline in his career, and he got knocked out brutally in his last fight a few months ago by Chandler, and that was at one fifty-five. He's making the move to one seventy again. Listen, Benson Henderson has the tools to win this fight. He has the wrestling, he has the cardio, he has the subs, he has the striking. I get that. He might win this fight. I don't think so, though. I like Jason Jackson in this fight, guys. I wish he was a, a little bit of a better price, though. i got to be honest. So at this point, I mean, the fights are, what, 10 hours from now? Like, I don't know how much the line's going to bounce back. Hopefully, you, it goes down a little bit because I do think there'll probably be a little bit of action coming in on Henderson uh, here at, at Dog Money. But overall, i got to go with Jason Jackson in this fight. I just think he's a little bit more uh, in tune with his, with his fighting abilities right now. And I do think he'll probably win decision in this fight. Benson Henderson, obviously, extremely durable, tough to finish. And I know he is coming off the KO loss, but overall, I, I think Jason Jackson just outpoints him and wins a decision. Should be a great fight, though. I actually really like this fight. And now let's get to the main event. This is the best fight of the card. This is one of the best fights of the weekend. And this is a fight that more MMA fans need to know about because this is a great fight. I love this matchup. It's right on the poster. Darian Caldwell against AJ McKee. Absolutely love this fight. Right now, we have AJ McKee minus 325, Caldwell plus 265. The opening odds were at minus 205 and plus 165. So the line's almost essentially doubled on AJ McKee. And I'm not totally shocked. I remember talking to Cole about this the other day, and I was like, what do you think the line's going to be? And he said uh, minus 140 for McKee. And I said, I think that's a little low. I'd love to get minus 200. It, looked, it basically opened around minus 200, but since then ballooned up. I'm not surprised, though, because he's really good. So let's go look at these guys. Let's start with AJ McKee. AJ McKee Jr., Antonio McKee's son. I mean, you got to love this guy. 16-0. 
25 years old, team body shop. I mean, there's just so much like about him. He's so young. He's 16-0 and already. All his wins in Bellator, all his fights in Bellator. He did have a few amateur fights uh, early on, but since coming to Bellator, you know, he's just been unbelievable. So many knockouts. And they built him up the right way, too, because, again, this is a guy that didn't have that many amateur fights, and he's super young still, right? He came to Bellator at age 20. So you look at his uh, some of his early opponents, they weren't that good. But then eventually he started getting tougher and tougher opposition. And then he was fighting guys like, this guy a few years ago, Mazzotta, was a good prospect. Beat him, knocked him out. Then he went up and fought a guy like Justin Lawrence, John Teixeira, former UFC fighters. Pat Curran, former champion. Georgie Kirikanyan, former WSOF champ. And Derek Campos in the tournament. And he smashed them all. So this guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's so good everywhere. He's, he's well-rounded. He's striking. He's grappling. His cardio. Everything's looked good. I, I haven't seen one thing I don't like out of him so far in the cage. He's just been extremely dominant. Like, I don't think he's lost many rounds in his career. He might have dropped a round or two, but I can't think of many. He's just unbelievable. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing what he's doing, man, at such a young age, 16 and 0. So this kid's a special fighter. Now, you look at Caldwell, he's no slouch. He's no slouch at all. He's 14 and 3. The Wolf, 32 years old. He's a former champion, former Bantamweight champion, of course. But, uh, he, you know, since since he was a champ and he, he won it here and then he defended it a few times, he went to the Ryzen. He lost twice to Horiguchi. And you know what? I picked Horiguchi both those fights as an underdog, which I was surprised by. Since then, he's looked amazing on 145. Maybe the weight cut was just too tough to, to make 135 because since the, moving back up, look at him, Corrales and Borich. Those are really good wins, especially Borich. That's a great win coming off the win over Pico at the time. So these are great wins for this guy. And I'm, I'm very high on him too. But again, you look through his resume. He has these hiccups here and there, like the Joe Time Angola fight. How did he lose that fight? How did he – he was dominating that fight and got choked out in the third round by a guy he had no business in the cage with. A guy who who just – Joe Tanangle just got best, busted for meth in uh, in Guam. He's he's not a fighter anymore. And that was just a couple years ago. So that stands out like a sore thumb. The Horiguchi fights, both of them, he, he just – he didn't win those fights and he didn't look that good. He has looked great though at 145 since then. So I'm not discounting the possibility he can win this fight. Caldwell can win this fight because he's got good wrestling, because he's got good submissions. So he can win this fight, guys. But I'm not betting this AJ McKee. I can't do it. I love AJ McKee. I'm going to bet on him until he loses, and then I'll figure out what to do with him. Right now, though, I have to pick AJ McKee in this fight. It's a five-round fight, which makes it really interesting, though, because I don't think AJ's been five rounds yet. I don't believe he has. Looking through his resume, um, I don't think he's been five. So maybe he's an amateur. No, never. So never been five before, and that's a concern because if the fight does go to the later rounds, who knows? Maybe Caldwell's got the better gas tank. But – I'll be honest, guys, I don't think he even makes that far. I think McKee probably finishes him pretty early in this fight, first couple rounds. He's a fast starter, a lot of quick first-round knockouts. Um, we'll see, but I like McKee in this fight, and I will be picking him. Again, wish the odds were lower because it opened at minus 205, and it's minus 325 now, but I do like him. We can look at some props, though. We do have props for this fight, and uh, I'm surprised by this. The under 4.5 is plus 100. I would probably go with that, guys, because – AJ McKee's never been five rounds. How do we even know he can make it the full five? And Caldwell, um, he's been five before, but not that often, right? So I would take a look at that at that over-under, guys. I'm surprised instead of four and a half, that could be um, a possible misprint to take advantage of, just like the Glover fight last week where it was set at one and a half when it should have been set at like two and a half or three and a half. In this case, I believe this fight should have probably been set at two and a half or three and a half rounds, not a four and a half. So I do like that uh, under because I think there's going to be a finish in this fight. Um, and uh, I like McKee in this fight. I don't know. That's the, like, that's the one prop that stands out to me. In, you know, McKee inside the distance, plus 140. I'd rather just take the under because Caldwell gets a submission or something. 
um, you, you still win. Now, I guess it could go the distance, but that's the risk you take. And at plus 100 in a fight that I think is going to probably be finished, I would take that. So that's that's the way I'm looking at for this fight. And I did miss in the last couple of fights, there were some props as well. Jason Jackson, that fight goes to the decision, minus 265. That probably wins. Uh, again, Jackson by decision, plus 120. Don't really like that that much, but that fight should go to the, the distance. Um, Keith Lee, Radfion Stotts, that should probably go distance to minus 210 for that. And then Joey Davis, I think he wins inside the distance. Like I said, he is uh, minus 150 inside the distance. It's not a great line, but a much better than 465, which actually just went up a little bit while I was talking. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this card, guys. Again, you know, I said it last week, you got to be careful with these early prelims because you look at how last week and Conor Gracie lost and he was like plus minus 600 against a plus 450 dog. So I would be really careful laying this massive juice on these first couple of guys like uh, Collie and, and Wilson. But I do like Ferguson. Um, Kennedy should win his fight, like I said. And uh, Davis I like. And then, of course, I, I picked uh, McKee. I picked mostly the favorites on this card. And I do think most ultra cards is usually is the favorites, but there's going to be a few upsets. So we'll see what happens. But overall, I think it's one of those cards where people are going to parlay a lot of these favorites. And they probably do win. But... Who knows? It's going to be a good card, though. I think it's going to be a, a really fun main event. I love that fight. All right, let's go to Contender Series because I want to recap that. That took place the other night over at Topology here. It was, a, it was kind of a weird ending to the card, uh, to the uh, the year for Contender Series. This card was just weird. So let's start with this uh, first fight. Big upset here, guys. Victoria Leonardo against Chelsea Hackett. She wins. She was like plus 230. Uh, Leonardo. So a really nice win for her. She gets signed to the UFC. Obviously, they're going to take her. I mean, you don't see that many finishes at wins. One twenty-five. This was pretty vicious. Hackett has not much experience, so you know, looking back, why was she minus two forty? Right, looking back, but at the same time, people thought that the striking would be the difference, and she looked good on the feet, but no ground game whatsoever, none. And that's the problem with uh, rushing these prospects, especially when there's someone like Hackett who's a kickboxer by trade, no ground game, and she's got dominated. I don't know how good Leonardo is going to be in the UFC. I mean, she's had some Invicta fights where she didn't look that great, but. She looked vicious in this fight, and uh, she will be in the UFC soon. So I expect her to make uh, give her probably a fast turnaround, maybe before the end of the year, because she didn't take much damage in this fight. And you know, as far as the contract goes, it was a no-brainer, honestly. Now, the next fight was a little interesting, and I did pick this one correctly. Tucker Lutz, I said he was going to win as an underdog. He cashed at like plus 160 or something. Two two fights in a row, I think he won as a dog. So Tucker Lutz, he beat Sherrard Blackledge. It was it was a grinding affair, but Blackledge is, is a very tough guy. Um, his first pro loss, Lutz, very tough guy, just a tough stylistic matchup with both guys, two guys that already had won a contender series. So Dana was like, all right, this guy's won twice. I'll give him a deal. This was definitely the one fight on the card where you were like, you didn't know if he was going to give a deal or not, but um, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, they always need fighters on the roster. I think this guy, he does have that grappling heavy game and he, he seems durable. So he could have some success in the UFC, but I hope he gets a finish. And Dana White even said that. He's like, this guy needs to finish the fight because fans want to see finishes. They don't want to see a guy holding another dude down, which is what he did in this fight. He had to do what he had to do to win. It wasn't like the most boring fight of all time. It wasn't like that fight last week where that guy just hugged the dude for 50 minutes. This was a pretty tough fight for both guys. So I'm okay with the contract, but I think it was like one of those ones where Dana could have went either way. Now, next fight, this was another no-brainer. Gloria DePaula defeats Pauline Macias. A pretty dominant performance by DePaula. 5-2 and two record now. Um, yeah, I mean, overall... Like she looked uh, pretty good in this fight and gets the deal. So Gloria DePaula, 
she was a big favorite in this fight. I don't think it was a big surprise she, she won. And she gets a deal. They always need women's straw weights, so no surprise there. Now, this fight was interesting. Nick Maximov against Oscar Coda. The thing about this fight was weird was uh, Maximov was 60 pounds less than Coda at the weigh-ins. Um, he's a natural middleweight who moved up to heavyweight to take a short-nose fight to keep Coda in the card and just to get a, a, his foot in the door. And, and I love that. I, I love that, guys. I think that's great. So this dude filled in on short notice, uh, two weight classes up, uh, just to get his foot in the door and to show the UFC who he is. And it was a boring fight. Let's be honest. It was a boring fight. He basically held him down, but he had to do what he had to do to win. And the fact he was holding a guy down that's 60 pounds heavier than him is kind of impressive when you think about it. I don't think I could do that. So to me, it's pretty impressive. And I like this post-fight interview, man. He's a Nick Diaz guy. He sounded just like Nick. He's got the same name as Nick. You know this guy probably loves Nick Diaz. So. Um, this kid, I, there was stuff I, I didn't like in the fight because it wasn't a great fight. But like the post fight interview, I like the fact that they showed him going right to Nick Maynard, the matchmaker, says, I want to fight 185 this week against Arroyo. Give me an Antonio Arroyo. He said Arroyo went home, flew back to Brazil. That was the fight against Eric Anderson. It was canceled last week. But I like the fact he said that. That was awesome. It was, it was like, you know what? This kid wants to be here. He wants to fight. And he's young. I liked what I saw from this guy. I, again, not a great fight, but I think stylistically, it was a terrible matchup for, for both guys. Terrible matchup for the fans. He did what he needed to do to win. And again, 22 years old, man. There's stuff to like about this kid. So 6-0 and now and uh, just beat a huge guy. Dana White gave him a shot on the Ultimate Fighter. Not in the UFC, but Ultimate Fighter. And I, I was happy to see that. I was really happy to hear that. So I'll talk about that a little bit more later But um, and tough in general. But, you know, I think this was a good move for him. And I, I hope he accepts that fight. I mean, he might wait and say, you know what, I want to go on. I want to wait to get the UFC and might just wait to take a short notice fight because I think he might get one. I think he might get in the UFC eventually with a short notice fight. But if I'm him and his manager, I think the ultimate fighter is a great place for this guy because he does seem like he has a personality. He does seem like he's got the skills. And if he gets some good coaches that can help him out, like just say it's Covington and Maswell as the coaches, and just say he gets Covington as his coach. That would be a pretty good coach for this kid. So I'm excited to see him fight again, man. I, I think, you know, even though this was a bad fight, I, I think there was a lot of promise shown by this guy. Now, <laughs> let's get to the main event, guys. This one was, wow. This was a funny fight. JP buys, defeats Jacob Silva by a guillotine in the first round uh, with six seconds left. This is a weird-ass fight. Um, JP buys, he's good. He got a contract. No problem with that. I mean, the guy's clearly good. Him and his wife are both in the UFC, Cheyenne buys. But this fight was weird. This was a weird-ass fight because uh, referee Mark Goddard blew the stoppage, and this is not the first time he's blown a stoppage. Um, you know, a lot of people think Goddard's like this gold standard when it comes to refereeing. He's definitely a good ref. He's been around forever. He had fights. He's got experience. I respect Mark Goddard. Mark Goddard. I respect 99% of the refs in the game. But there was stuff about his performance as a ref in this fight that I didn't like. First off, it was a, the bad call. It was a bad call. Now, I heard that Dana White said this too, and apparently a judge uh, corroborated it, but... Uh, Apparently, Jacob Silver made some snoring noises, but you know he wasn't asleep. And to me, the thing about the sport is I know technical submissions happen all the time. Guys go to sleep. I get it. In this case, this was way too early of a stoppage. And also, this guy, he was in a guillotine. Yes, it was tight. There was five seconds left in the round, and he didn't tap. So to me, a quick stoppage, a quick hook by Mark Goddard. And what I didn't like about what Goddard did in this fight was so much ego after he stopped the fight. He goes, that's over. It's over. It's over, man. You know, that's it. It's over. Like, you just screwed the dude out of a contract with the UFC, and then you're going to tell him, like, it's over, you can't do anything about it. Like, it was complete bullshit. And not only that, how the hell did they not use replay for this? How did the replay not show this guy did not tap out, and he was not asleep. He did not go asleep. So, just a mess. 
why do we have replay? And why, when can it be used? How can it not be used in a situation like this? This is a clear case of a no contest because the referee made an error and stopped the fight too soon. This is bullshit, in my opinion. So I, I feel bad for this guy because, again, he's trying to get in the UFC. He's, he has a 6-4 and four record. It's not a good record, but you can tell that Jacob Silva, like Dana White said, this guy's a dog, man. He's trying to win these fights. He's a tough dude. JP Buys had him in some really tight submissions, and he managed to get all, all of them, except for this one, which he didn't even tap out to, and the referee stopped the fight. So you hate to see early stoppages. I get it. It's better to have it earlier than late. You don't want to see the guy go to sleep and get you know sick or, or injured or whatever it is. But in this case, this was a terrible stoppage. And uh, I don't know. I was looking at Goddard's profile on Facebook, Twitter the other day. It was, it was private. So I don't know if he was getting a lot of uh, flack from fans, but not a good stoppage. And the thing that Mark Goddard, you know, he's, again, a very experienced guy, and he is one of the better refs in the world. But there's things about him that bother me as a ref because he's so inconsistent sometimes in when he stops fights. Like, remember the Colby Covington and Usman fight, the way he stopped that fight. But then two weeks later or a week later, he refereed the Frankie Edgar Korean zombie fight and let that fight go on, like, th through three knockdowns. So it, it made no sense to me. He's definitely a good ref. I, I, I would like to see him be a little bit more humble, though, because in this case, I thought he just acted really egotistical after the fight. That's just my opinion, though. I'm glad that UFC Dana White said they're going to give Silva another fight next year in Contender Series because the guy got screwed. But either way, JP Bias gets the win. He's in the UFC. So that's it for that. Uh, let's go to – okay, I'm going to go over to bjpen.com. Look at some news here, guys. Lots to talk about here. I actually just wrote this story this morning. AJ McKee, he's actually uh, been mentored by Floyd Mayweather, which is super cool, I think. So Floyd's been his mentor, and, and he gave him some advice. You can read the article, but basically he said that uh, uh, Floyd basically said to him, you got to be selfish in this game, man. It's the fight game. you got to be selfish. Only have people on your team that care about you and, and want to help you. And I thought that was really good advice from Floyd, to be honest with you. I mean, Floyd's been around forever. Floyd's 43 now. AJ's only 25. So I don't know how he got in touch with him. I'm assuming that his dad must know him or something, or, or maybe his management does. But either way, I thought that was super cool that Floyd actually you know took the time because according to AJ – they talked for 30 minutes on the phone and Floyd just picked his brain and he picked Floyd's brain. So I love hearing that. Um, and I, I think that with Floyd in his corner now, I mean, this guy's a limit for this kid. I really believe in Agent McKee, guys. Now, a few other things here. Darren Till did an interview with Ariel and he talked about Mike Perry, who, by the way, is, man, he looks like he's having kind of a tough weight cut. Um, but Darren Till said he wanted to be in his corner and he, and he was going to do the job. Mike Perry picked someone else. His girlfriend and his pregnant girlfriend and someone else who we don't even know who's going to be. It could be that guy on Reddit who offered him a ton of money, but it could be like an old friend, really. I don't know. I mean, Mike Perry, listen, he's an interesting guy for sure. He's one of those guys that he's man, he's got some he's got some screws loose, no doubt about it, but he's an entertaining dude and and people want to read about him. But you know, the fact he's going two fights now without a corner, especially against a guy like Tim Means, who's so experienced, that is really risky. There was one thing going against Mickey Gall with six fights or whatever. With, with no corner, but going as Tim Means was like 40 fights, that is, that's interesting, man. I don't know about this one, guys. John Jones keeps bulking up. He's moving up to heavyweight and uh, showed his new physique. I mean, you guys can read that yourself. He looked, he looked good. I mean, he looks great. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do at, uh, at heavyweight. Look through some more of these uh, stories here. Derek Brunson wants to react to Whitaker. Remember that fight two years ago or whatever it was three years ago? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it Listen, Brunson deserves a big name, no doubt about it, but I, I was thinking more like a rematch with Romero. I, I like that fight because he was destroying Romero in that fight. You guys remember that? And then and then Romero came back and destroyed him in the third round. So that would be a more interesting rematch, I think, than this fight where it was just kind of a, a slaughter. If I'm Robert Whitaker, I don't take anyone less than the uh, title fight or maybe 
like Jack Hermanson, if he wins next week, maybe he could fight him for a number of contender spot. Otherwise, I wouldn't take him. Um, Jennifer Maya was giving some advice by Amanda Nunez on how to beat Valentina, which is interesting. I'm assuming it was a grappling-based game plan that she probably told her to do. If she fights on the field with Valentina, she'll get destroyed. The only way she can win this fight is if she takes her to the ground and gets a sub. I can't see her winning either way. Maybe gets her back or something. But again, Nunez is the only fighter who's beaten Shevchenko, so she knows what she's doing. Going down a little bit here. Um, oh, I love this guy too, man. Moreno and Royal. This fight's amazing. You guys know who I'm picking that one, so check out Cole's article there, his interview. Um, Scott Coker, he says Rampage is now a free agent, so Bellator's released Rampage Jackson. And he says Bellator's going in a younger direction, which uh, I, I don't think should be a, a surprise. You look at all the releases they recently made, and also the comments he made about Andrew Silva not being interested. So it looks like Scott Coker is uh, very committed to a young roster, and uh, I think overall it's a good thing with Bellator because they were the laughing stock of the MMA community for years because they would always have uh, these old guys like Coyce Gracie, Ken Shamrock, all these guys that really should never be fighting. Like, it's crazy that Coyce Gracie fought Ken Shamrock again like a few years ago. It's nuts, right? So overall, I think it's a good move by Bellator. Where's Rampage go? No idea, but he did fight in Ryzen and Bellator last fight against Fedor, got KO'd. Maybe Ryzen would take him back, especially for like an exhibition fight or, or fighting some, some big fat guy in a funny kind of fight that they used to do in Pride, a freak show fight. That'd be kind of funny, but... Otherwise, I mean, I don't, I don't see him going back to the UFC or anything like that. Um, just going down a few more stories here. Misha Cir- I'll, talk, I'll, talk, I'll do the uh, fight announcements in a minute. Um, I'm going to go through this separately. Let's see here. Wonder Boy was talking about Kamzat. He basically said that Kamzat is like the new Habib, and with Habib probably retiring, the UFC really likes Kamzat and wants to push him to become that new like European, Russian, Asian star, which is interesting. Um, Dana White, he says that Habib's going to fight again. That's why he's not been stripped. Tony Ferguson and Chandler keep going back and forth. Can they just book this fight already? Seriously. Um, this is another thing I want to talk about, though. Jesse Ronson, UFC welterweight. He's been suspended 20 months for a failed drug test. Uh, he tested positive for banned substance. He says he didn't do it intentionally. He was really upset about it, but he did get suspended 20 months. And also, his fight against Nicholas Dalby in the summer, which was a huge upset, overturned to a no contest. He, I believe he won $50,000 bonus for that fight, so that will probably be taken away, too, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, mistaken, because I think when you fail drug tests, you lose the bonus. I'm pretty sure they wait uh, for the drug test to come back before they give the bonus checks out, if I'm not mistaken. So that could be a problem for him. I'm not 100% sure if he did lose his bonus, but I'm assuming he did, which sucks. 50K gone. Um, and I'm going to talk about that fight in a second. Bilal Muhammad called it Nate Diaz. That'd be a good fight too if they if they did, but I don't think Nate's going to fight Bilal, to be honest here. And uh, just a few other things. Cowboy Cerrone says he's coming back to lightweight. I do like that move just because he needs to shake things up. But, man, I don't know. It's tough because uh, we saw what happened when he was at lightweight the last time. He got KO'd a few times by some pretty good fighters. So we'll see what happens with Cowboy. But uh, the, the losses to Gaethje and, and Ferguson, and they kind of they worry me for sure. Also, check out this fight, guys. This one was just – this is the, one of the worst stoppages I've ever seen. Definitely check that out. Uh, Wee Li Zhang and Rose, we already know about that. Hopefully they can book it soon. And then there's some uh, some fights. Um, these aren't official, I don't believe, but who's been supposed to fight Burns at 258? We already knew that was supposed to happen last July. So we had the odds for that. Usman was like minus 200 or something. Can't remember it was, something like that, minus 250. And then Weidman and Hall, I, I don't know if this is 100% official, but this has been, uh, it's 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 uh, it's definitely targeted. Um, it's a rematch they fought like 10 years ago in Ring of Combat, and Chris Weidman knocked out Hall. So it should be interesting to see the rematch. And uh, check out Cole's podcast too. It's right here. Jeff Scrap where you had Perez, Moreno, and Royals. So definitely check that out as well. I think that's it for uh, the news, though. Let's go to Marcel's page and do some uh, fight announcements here. There we go. All right. We'll start with this fight here. 
Mike Rodriguez against Canelo and Marquez. I don't know about this fight. I know Mike Rodriguez coming off the, the fight with um, Ed Herman where he, he lost, I guess, but it was a weird fight. But Danilo Marquez, one fight in the UFC, beat Kazi Ibrahimov, and I'm pretty sure it was a, just, a, just a terrible fight. I, I guess it's just Mike trying to, the UFC trying to get Mike a win here because he got screwed, but I don't know. This is a weird matchup. I don't know why Rodriguez took this fight other than just, I guess, he thinks it's an easy paycheck. It won't move him up the rankings, that's for sure. So, Weird, weird fight, man. But uh, yeah, Mike Rodriguez is going to be—he's going to be a big favorite here, guys. Next up, Andrew Sanchez against Andre Muniz. Pretty competitive, I would assume. And Andrew Sanchez has been kind of inconsistent in the UFC, but he is coming off a couple of nice wins. Uh, Barrio he's got Brownshoe and Perez on his resume as well, and then Muniz—he's—he's uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent as well. But uh, you know, he's got the win over Royo in his career, and he's got a good record, twenty-four. Not as inconsistent as I, as I thought, actually, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a close fight. Andrew Sanchez got that grinding wrestling style. The news is he's a pretty well-rounded guy too, good jiu-jitsu. So, again, don't know what the odds would be for this one, but probably competitive. I guess the news would be favored just because it seems like Sanchez is one of those guys that people like betting on as a dog instead. This fight's a short-notice fight. Uh, Montana De La Rosa filling in for the injured Marina Morose against Tyler Santos. I like Montana. This is a tough fight, man. Santos looked incredible in her last fight against Molly McCann. And Sant- and uh, De La Rosa has kind of struggled. I mean, she has a good ground game. We know that. But her striking is not that good. Um, Santos put together a complete performance in the last fight. She's a really good fighter. Santos should be fair in this fight, especially considering it's, what, in two weeks from now? December 5th, and she's taking on short notice, De La Rosa. This fight's weird as hell, too. What the heck's with this fight? Jordan Levitt against Matt Wyman. Jordan Levitt's that guy that uh, he had, they call him the Monkey King. He had the win on, I guess, Luke Flores, I think, on Contender Series. Looked good, got signed. Takes on Matt Wyman. Why is Matt Wyman fighting? I don't understand. Matt Wyman, he's super old. He barely fights anymore. I think the last time he fought was that just beating against Luis Pena, right? So Matt Wyman's a guy that shouldn't be fighting anymore. I used to love Matt Wyman, by the way. I used to bet on him all the time as an underdog years ago. Remember when he fought uh, Paul Sass as a dog. But coming off back-to-back losses against Pena and Joe Selecki, I forgot about that fight where he was dominated by Joe Selecki, lost 30-26, looking at the scorecards. Matt Wyman is a pure fade. Jordan Levis should be a big favorite in this fight. I don't I don't think Matt Wyman wins this fight, guys. I You can't pick him. You can't because he's he's barely fights and he's, he's just old. I, I'm surprised Matt Wyman came back to the sport because he, he basically finished fighting in 2014, took five years off, came back at age 37 or age 36. Very bizarre. This is a pretty good fight. Julian Payne against Sarah McMahon. The winner would probably be close to a title shot, I think, in this division. Uh, Pena, obviously a good wrestler. McMahon's an Olympic wrestler, so that can cancel each other out, which makes it interesting, and it could take place in the feet. Might not be the most exciting fight, honestly. Stylistically, it doesn't seem like the most exciting fight, but who knows? I mean, they both have some submission skills, too. Um, I would assume Pena's going to be favored here. She's a lot younger, obviously, a little bit more active lately, but McMahon, you know, it sucks that she just really never lived up to that potential because she was in the, the Ronda Rousey era. Otherwise, I think she could have been a champion in the UFC. She was a really good prospect for a while. Next up, Eamon's a hobby against Draco Rodriguez. Eamon's a hobby. He's been kind of inconsistent in UFC, brother of uh, Faraz, obviously. And then you got Draco Rodriguez, and he was, uh, I believe, a contender series guy. So uh, interesting fight, but, I mean, the hobby's been inconsistent. So uh, this is going to be a close odds, I would say. But with his inconsistency, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Rodriguez was slightly favored here. Oops. Um, this fight, Panny Kianza against Jarry Eubanks. Again, I don't think this is going to be that exciting of a fight. And it's a weird fight to call because Eubanks is one of those fighters. Like, I didn't expect her to beat uh, Julia Villa, right? And she goes out there and beats her. So she can have these great performances at times. Um, Panny's kind of the same way, inconsistent, but at times can look good. 
I would favor probably Sahara a little bit with the wrestling, but close fight. Then this fight, Puna Soriano against Dusko Todorovic. Love this fight, guys. These are two good prospects. Um, I'm really high on Puna. Look at some of the wins. Jamie Pickett, John Patti, and Oscar Pachota in his debut. I was at that fight last uh, December. The Covington Usman card brutally knocked him out. And then Dusko Todorovic has been you know great prospect, and he beats uh, Quan Townsend's debut. So it's a win over Pereira by KO. So he's a good prospect. Love this matchup. Surprised they're matching up two prospect guys, but uh, – I, I do like uh, Dusko a little bit just because of the grappling, but it's a close fight. A couple other wins here. Misha Serkinov against Ryan Span. These guys broke it here. Marcel and these guys love this fight. Misha the Canadian, Ryan Span, number 10 versus 12 in the division. Um, man, Span disappointing in the last fight against Walker, but Misha also disappointing against Walker. They both got knocked away by Johnny Walker. Misha is a ground specialist. Ryan Span actually has a lot of submissions on his career in his career, so he's kind of underrated on the ground. I do fear Misha a little bit. I just think he's just a better fighter, more well-rounded, but he's been knocked out a few times. It does worry me a little bit. This could be a tough fight for him. We'll see what happens. Uh, Max Holloway is Calvin Cater. I mentioned this one earlier. I didn't get a chance to talk about it yet, but I love this fight. It's a main event, January 16th, five-round fight. The winner, I would assume, gets a title shot. I mean – they would have to be right there, right? It's just this division's crazy. It's got to get moving, though, um, with Volkanovski and these guys. I love this matchup. We do have odds for this fight, and they open at minus 200 for Max, plus 170 for Calvin. So um, no surprise, Max coming off a fight that a lot of people, including me, thought he won against Volkanovski. And overall, I mean, he's one of the best featherweights of all time. He's an amazing fighter. But Cal- Calvin Cater's looked incredible his last two fights against Ige, against Jerry Stevens. Interesting fight, man. I'm really high on Calvin Cater, but this is a tough fight for him. It's a guy who's so good at Max Holloway, and it is a five-round fight too. Max should be favored here, but Calvin's got a chance to win as a dog. That's what I'd say right now. Luis Smoke and Alberto, uh, Jose Alberto Quinones. It's been rebooked for December 5th after Smoke had a bad weight cut. Uh, Caitlin Vieri and Yana Kuniskaya, interesting fights. Caitlin, uh, man, she looked dominant in her last fight. Yana is looking good at times too. Interesting fight, but I think Caitlin will be probably favored there. Uh, Bilal Muhammad against Diego Lima. I don't know about this fight. Very weird one. Bilal Muhammad should be fighting guys in the top 15. I, this is a short notice fight. He's, Lima's filling in for Sean Brady. So Bilal just wanted to get an opponent, and Diego's filling in. But I expect Bilal to be a pretty big favorite. He'll probably be like minus 300 or something like that. Uh, Diego Lima never gets respect from the betters. This fight, Gabriel Bernays, Justin James, two guys that probably need to get a win here. Someone probably gets finished in this fight. Don't see going the full distance. And then there's a few other ones, actually. Wow, there's so many fight announcements. Don't know much about this guy, Kizriyev, against Turman, but Turman has not been that uh, impressive in the OC. And then Luke Sanders against Nate Manis. Uh, man, I like, Luke, I like Luke Sanders, but Manis looked pretty good in his last fight. Anyways, I think that's going to be for uh, the fight announcements. Oh, we got some comments here. Yeah, you, just, you missed it, man. Unfortunately, you missed the, the whole preview. I would go back to your winner and watch the uh, the preview from the beginning. Joy Davis win lock. I think he wins. I, I like him in this fight. And again, I also said the uh, inside the distance prop. I think he get, probably gets a knockout. But again, you gotta, you're going to have to rewind and go back. Top three picks for this card. That's a good question. Let me take a look at it. Now, I'm going to pick Chalk here, guys. So don't laugh at me. I'm picking Chalk. Top three picks in the card. Probably, uh, I, I, gotta, I, I do like uh, I do like McKee, guys. I really do. But again, you know, that Caldwell is so good. So maybe that wouldn't be up there. But I do, I do like, I like Davis. I like Stotts. I like Kimbo Slice Jr. I think maybe those three guys would probably be my three favorites. Everyone's going to be parlaying everyone in this card. Let's be honest. That's what's going to happen here. You just hope that it's not going to be the upset in the fight that you bet on. So look at the favorites. Look at some different combinations. Maybe parlay two of them or something like that, or, or maybe three. But, I mean, three gets risky, guys. It really does. I, 
I personally like to bet on guys straight. That's why I look at these odds that are a little bit closer and target those fights instead. But, you know, people like to make parlays, and that's totally fine to you. It's up to you, whatever strategy you want to use and works for you. But uh, for me, it's one of those cards that's chalky. So it, it's it's a it's a tough card to be like, go and bet on this guy, like, you know, UFC, where it's like, uh, I could say like, hey, go and bet on uh, Lipsky at plus 140. That's a straight bet. You know, it's a lot easier to say that when you're getting plus money. When it's like three or four favorites together just to get plus money, it's a little tough. Anyways, it should be a pretty good card tonight, but we'll see what happens. Um, no problem, Serial Winner. No problem at all. Done with that. Let me go to maoddsbreaker.com. That's the home of the uh, the podcast, of course. Pull it up here. Got a lot of articles here, guys. I want to plug this stuff. So, AJ's got his article, his audio breakdown. Check it out. Definitely get it. It's always good to get a different uh, uh, just take on the fight. But I have my full written preview for that fight here, Perez and Figueredo. Definitely check that out. Some good stuff in there. Opening odds for tonight's card, Bellator. Uh, opening odds for UFC this weekend. Also, they'll, they'll post my Valentina and Maya um, preview tonight as well. Definitely check that out. But yeah, Odds Breaker, man, great, great place. Been there. It's been my home for eight years now, I think. So I mean, I love this guys, and and uh, we're doing some good job, some good work there overall. Um, definitely check it out. Like I said, there's some other guys there, like Mike and AJ. They're doing some really good podcasts. Please check those guys out as well. Um, the other website I'm writing for is Odds.com. I talked about this last week a little bit. Let's see here. UFC and odds.com. This is another website I'm writing for. So this guy, Clint, has his podcast, as you guys know, I'm sure. Uh, and Matt Holtz on this week. That's cool. Now, I have a lot of uh, stuff here, like uh, articles. So definitely check it out. So here's my article for Chechenka Mayo. And I, I went deep in this. I looked at, like, historical odds for these fighters and compare them to what it is now. So definitely interesting stuff in there. Some a lot of research from me. And uh, also, they just posted my uh, odds look ahead for Blaze Lewis. That's next weekend. But if you want to get a head start in that fight, that's a really good fight. Definitely check that one out. Eduardo Flores. Do you think that girl invited to be a matchmaker really made Hall of Viewers Catter and Grass of Wars Barber? Who is this, Eduardo? I don't know if I've heard about this. I know that Dana White doesn't take, uh, does sometimes get uh, uh, advice and feedback from, from fans. Like, I remember the Munard Lazez fight with Alessand. He had, like, his son's friend was like, you got to sign Lazez and get him to fight Alessand or something. So, there, there's certain fights where he does listen to people, but overall, uh, I didn't hear about that, Eduardo. I'd love for you to uh, talk to me a little bit more about that. Sierra Winner says, who'd you save her plus money? I don't know if it's still plus, but I, earlier I parlayed Ferguson and uh, was it Stotts? Yeah, it's minus 110. I like that, though. I think those guys win. If you want to add someone else to that, like, I mean, Kennedy should win this fight, too, or Davis. Those three guys are, are plus money, Davis, Stotts, and Ferguson. Again, guys, it's a little risky playing juice. That's why you got to, you know, probably parlay a few of these guys. But I don't like going over two guys in parlays. It's just usually in in the end, it doesn't work out that well. It can at times. But again, I'm I'm a guy like spending straight. I like to have one guy at a nice price, a nice low line, or a nice dog money. But in in a case like Bellator, you want action this card, you're going to have to parlay them. Unless you see a dog you like, there'll probably be one or two dogs in this card to cash. I just don't know who it's going to be, honestly. it's tough to say on this card. There's like last, I've been hitting dogs at a high rate lately, actually. Last week with Murrow and then UFC, like there's only been like what, like I think four dogs in the last three cards, and I've hit three of the four. So uh, I think my dog picks are pretty good in this card. Just there's not one guy I can see like as a dog, he's going to win, but there's a few spots where I can see kind of like upset potential. If that makes sense. Eduardo Flores, do you know why RDA part ways of dominance MMA years ago? I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe Ali is is his price was too high or something. I'm not too sure. Ali, say what you want with the guy, and I'll, I'll close that window. 
Ali, you can say what you want about the guy, but he definitely does a good job as a as a uh, manager. He's always getting his guys really good deals. So I'm not really sure why he left uh, Eduardo, but uh, you know, as far as RDA goes, you know what? Let's pull the rankings out because that's something I've really talked about this week. But as far as RDA goes, he, he's right there. He, he's right there, man. When it comes to uh, just the the best fighters in the game, the most well-rounded guys, this should work, right? Yeah. So we'll go to the lightweight division. They did uh, update the rankings. Yeah, RDA steps in at number six, tied with uh, Dubronx. So you expect him to get a really top opponent. There was a report, by the way, this morning that Diego Ferreira was going to fight Ismagulov. That's not happening. Cole texted Diego and he said that's not happening. So that was some BS. Also, this is BS because I love Kanzat. How the hell did he rank? He beat Reese Nikki. It's his only win. And then he gets ranked? That's weird. That is bizarre. And you see Bilal's ranked. Now he's fighting Diego Lima. Finally gets ranked and he fights an unranked guy. Wow, unreal. Um, what other movement was there? This guy, Albezi, came in the rankings because they dropped off for Miga, so he's gone. Um, what else? I mean, again, you know, the rankings are kind of a joke, but they're always good that just kind of as a baseline, if anything. Eduardo, UFC posted a few days ago with a girl. I think she plays, oh, okay, Las Vegas A's, meeting day in the match record, helping you make fights. Holy should make Max Cater. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, this is a fight that all of us were calling for for like the last what, four months or whatever it was since both they went on Fire Island. So it's not like she was going off the, uh, like just going off uh, off on a tangent and saying, hey, this is a, this would be a good fight. This is a fight everyone was saying. And I'm pretty sure both guys mentioned interest. She pitched the idea of Chandler, Tony versus Chandler, Hall versus Mitchell. Ryan Hall versus uh, Bryce Mitchell would be a great fight. Cole talked about that fight. Actually, you mentioned it last week. I love that fight. Ch- Tony Chandler is a fight that a lot of us are talking about in Wardo. So I, again, I don't know how this girl's going to take credit for these fights. Like these are fights we're all talking about, but either way, pretty cool. I didn't see the post though, Eduardo, but it does make sense. Let me see if there's any other news I missed, guys. Before I get out of here, if anyone's in questions, I got a few more minutes I can talk to you guys for before I get out of here. Um, let's see here. Well, Dana said that the fight with Poirier and Connor will be for the title. We already know that though. I don't know what's going on. Oh, here Scott Coker talks about why he didn't sign with uh, Fabrizio Bruno because he signed with, with PFL. That's interesting. I don't know. That's I'm still surprised he signed with PFL. It's kind of weird. Oh, here we go. Jesse Ronson, their statement. They talk about his. Uh... They didn't talk about the bonus. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Jesse Ronson. Ronson. Jesse, the body stature, Ronson. Yeah, he won a performance and night bonus, guys. On and he tested positive on the 20, 22nd. and. He fought in 26, so I'm pretty sure they're going to take his, his 50000 back. That sucks. That really sucks. I really like Jesse, man. He's had such a tough run in the UFC. Also, they might just release him, honestly, because uh, this is his second time in the UFC, and he lost all three fights the first time. He's in no contest. He also missed weight the last time he was signed. So love the kid, but I don't know if he's going to stick around the UFC. But, man, he might he might lose his 50K because there was a few weeks ago, this guy, Trevin Jones, tested positive for weed. He didn't take away his 50K. In this case, it, it might be, though. Edward Flores, what are your thoughts on Omar Rugrug can headway from RSFC? Dude, I've heard good things, man. Our boy over at uh, BJ Penn, Al Zolino, told me all about him. I'm going to pull him out here. Rug, rug. Let's pull this guy out. I've heard he's good. Don't know a ton about him. Share the screen again. Don't know a ton about this dude, but want to know. Look at him. <laughs> My God, looks like a Greek god or something. 20 years old, Senegalese fighter. He has one fight by knockout. I don't, I've heard good things, man. I heard he's like a beast, but again, one fight. He hasn't fought in a year. COVID-19, I'm sure, played a part in that. But 
yeah, I mean, there's so much like talent coming out of Africa. It's incredible, right? This guy from Senegal. Who knows, man? I've heard good things. Maybe he's the guy that Senegal needs to become like their their big star. Anyone having a last second question? Throw them in here, guys, before I get out of here. Because right now uh, I, I pretty much tapped out as far as stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, did a lot of fighting outs in this news, obviously. I, I should say there's a – I don't have an update for UFC 255 because we have no injuries or pullouts yet. So that's a good thing. Cross our fingers. I mean, still have two more days of the fights, right? Someone could get sick from COVID or something. But right now it looks pretty good. And I should plug the podcast from Tuesday. Myself and Cole Shelton booked on every fight in the card. Go check that out. Um, here we go. Fight night picks. What's going on, guys? Fight night pick this weekend at UFC 255. I wish that we could bet on this again. I used to love betting on it back in the day. It was one of my favorite bets, fight of the night. I used to bet on like Brad Pickett every time. He's like plus 300. Great question, man. I really like the question. Um, let me pull it out here. UFC 255. This is tough. I want to hear what you guys have to say, but I have I have a couple picks. Let's look at it together. I got a couple picks. So here's one I like. Here's one I like for Friday night. Brandon Royville versus Brandon Moreno. I, I think there's got a good chance because first off, Royville's won two Friday nights in his first two fights. He's super exciting. This is the fight that's going to kick off the main card. Um, I expect these guys to just go to war in this fight. But Moreno, I think he's might have won Friday night. Okay, he's not won Friday night, but this fight was incredible against Askarov, and this fight was incredible against Pair France. So he's always in good fights. I would say that's that's one of my leading picks for a fight of the night. Um, you know, looking through like the fights, like this could be a, a performance of the night. I think here, this could be a good fight. Good in Juban. that could be a, a sleeper. Buckley and Wright could be fun. Um, going to the main card, Craig and Hua could be sneaky fun. I don't think this fight will be in contention. This fight could be good. Means and Perry. I don't see this fight being fun tonight. Gene <laughs> Shevchenko and Maya. Actually, Perez and Figueroa could absolutely win it too, for sure. I mean, the main event's a great fight. Depends how it goes, obviously. But you, you guys are asking for one pick. It's going to be Moreno and Royville. I'd love to hear you guys. Yeah, they the same as me. And D-Rod Dolby is a good fight too. I actually I was looking at that one right now, but I have a feeling I might end quick, guys. Dan Rodriguez is such a beast. He's so good. We'll see. That's a tough fight to call because uh, Dolby's very um, durable. So maybe he throws a distance and maybe it's just a slugfest. But yeah. That's a good fight, but if I had to pick one, it's going to be Moreno and Royville. And again, I don't think you can bet on this anymore. But back in the day, you could bet on pretty much anything be fight of the night or performance of the night. Those are really fun props to bet on. All right, that's it for today's show, guys. Really appreciate everyone tuning in, everyone that sent a question. I hope you guys got some enjoyment of today's podcast. I certainly did. I love doing it with you guys every Tuesday and Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern on maoddsbreaker.com and our YouTube channel. That's where you guys can find the podcast. Uh, also, maoddsbreaker.com, of course. Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, all the places you get your podcast, guys. Check me out. You've already seen the websites I write for today on the podcast, bjpen.com and odds.com, mmarings.net. Check all those out. And on Twitter, at mmadamartin. Hopefully, they put me on uh, a tweet on, on mine on, on the podcast on the uh, broadcast this weekend. That'd be pretty sweet. Paper ones, man. People see that stuff. It's, it's really nice that uh, I'm getting a little bit of recognition. I've been in this game for 10 years, guys. 10 years. So a guy who's been working his way up for a long time. So it's like, I feel like one of these guys that it's like a journeyman sometimes, uh, like some of these guys, like in the UFC after so many years and they finally, you know, start to get some recognition. That's kind of how I'm feeling these days. So really appreciate you guys, but I can't do it without you guys. Cause honestly, I wouldn't do this without people reading and, and uh, listening. So really appreciate you guys. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend and I'll be back on uh, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. with cold breakdown. Uh, the next UFC card recap UFC 255 and Bellator. Have an incredible weekend guys. See you later. Good luck with your bets.